Hello and welcome to a very special bonus edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast, PVC here. And today we're going to do things slightly differently. I'm going to hand the reins over to the Dark Wolf, Matt Walters. He is going to be interviewing Singapore's very first ever female pro wrestler. That's Alexis Lee, the Lion City hit girl. Now, some eagle-eyed viewers out there may have looked at the Boiling Point poster, the event that was supposed to take place at Linsport in April of this year, and seen her face on the poster. She was going to be working the show, and it's going to be super cool to have Alexis Lee over here in the UK wrestling for Falling Star Wrestling. But of course, that couldn't happen. So we're going to do the next best thing. Matt has given her a call all the way over in Singapore, and he's going to be discussing professional wrestling, the lockdown, and all things going on in the world right now so if you guys are ready matt if you're ready let's do it so you have to like deal with me this time but you got like the the v-string podcast team so how's things going with the lockdown now um we're easing everything up on first of june so um more shops are opening you can get like hair dye and all that stuff at the hair salon but the government is saying that if the community cases are like really really low over the next few weeks we could probably open up gyms and like sporting facilities could open which is like ideal because i miss wrestling <laughs> when was the last time you actually wrestled i think in february i'm not sure actually <laughs> it feels like a lifetime ago right yeah i know it was with my girls it's it's crazy like time is like moving quite fast and yet not fast enough I don't know. My brain's been like sipping alcohol for like a whole day. <laughs> yeah, I've got this like beer sat here. Full disclosure, both of us have uh, got an alcoholic drink in our hands. I, I actually bought this for this Korean Korean rice wine. You bought it especially for this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> All right, cheers. <laughs> I'll just kind of give like a little bit of a, a backstory. You're actually due to make your falling star wrestling debut on our boiling point show which is in april and you were going to be facing mercedes blaze we hadn't actually officially announced you that you sort of like popped up on the poster so um <laughs> there's probably like a lot of the falling star wrestling fans and stuff who probably don't really know a lot about you could you just kind of give like a brief introduction to yourself as a wrestler and your sort of character and your wrestling style so i'm alexis lee i'm singapore's first female pro wrestler I've been wrestling since the age of 18, which was seven years ago. And since then, I've actually wrestled in over 10 countries around the world, becoming the first in Southeast Asia to actually have held an Australian and American title, which I actually still am the champion in America. <laughs> like the title is at my house. And last year, I actually was part of the first batch of Southeast Asians to actually be part of a WWE tryout in China. So I was one of three person from Singapore. That's cool. So you're the first ever female wrestler from Singapore, right? Yeah. So when I joined, it was like all guys. And then that's me. It was 2013. So I trained in SPW, Singapore Pro Wrestling, under Andrew Tang and Vadim, who also co-founded the companies in um, Russia, IWF. But uh, he, he did open up the training school in Russia, which is like doing really well. Yeah, like with this too. They basically kick my ass every single time I'm in the ring. <laughs> yeah. When you first started training, do you remember your first ever bump? Oh, yeah. It was uh, during our trial class for like a whole bunch of people who were interested in trying. So it's kind of like an introductory class. And then we actually did an actual bump in my back 
was like killing me the next few days. But it was it was awesome. Like I knew I wanted to continue doing this after that first bump, after that first class actually. Because for me, I've always had like um interest for a really short time. So I'd be like interested in something, I'll be like really obsessed with it. And then I'll just lose interest after a while. But with wrestling it's it's kind of been consistent, which was like really nice. It's fun. <laughs> It w- it was really hard at the same time because at the start I, we had to hide all this training and stuff from my parents because they were against it. So like that was like really awkward. I saw your parents were against wrestling. Yeah, for ever actually. Like they are still against it now, but they kind of gave up. <laughs> so if your sort of parents were against wrestling, when did you start kind of watching wrestling? How were you kind of exposed to it? I actually started watching wrestling back in high school so about like 13 14 years old because i was dealing with like bullying in school and that kind of gave me like an escape from the harsh realities of school bullying <laughs> kind of gave me like this uh it, it just made me want to kind of like escape out and try to kind of pick up something which the bullies would be like oh she does wrestling or she's into wrestling so let's not maybe mess with her which kind of helped since then. Like after they knew I started watching wrestling, they stopped picking on me. <laughs> so what, like, why, why did they pick on you? No idea, actually. I mean, I was like a really small kid in school. I was always underweight. And like puberty didn't hit me as fast as the others did. So they always like picked me on that. It was kind of just like school kids just being school kid dickheads, essentially. It was so bad to a point I actually got kicked up from... Um, like those after school um, curriculum thingy, kind of like babysitting. Well, they would babysit us. I got kicked out from one of it because of how much I didn't want to go there from the bullying. <laughs> then they kicked me out. The irony of everything. So then, um, when you started watching wrestling, what kind of wrestling was on in sort of Singapore at that time? The only ones I've heard of was WWF, like WWF, WWE. Because like a couple of my friends actually do watch it, and it's not really on TV, so I would like kind of watch it on the computer. Which like back then we didn't really have like mobile phones, so we can check the internet. So I had to hide everything from my parents. And WWE do come on TV, but it's at midnight, so I would tend to wake up at like midnight. I'd set my alarm, secretly turn on the cable to record it. Got so many scoldings from that. <laughs> and, uh, so who, who were like your sort of favorite wrestlers at the time? Who are you watching? I really love like Triple H. Randy Orton was awesome. Like, Randy Orton and Triple H um, feud. Nikki James was one of my favorite. Ray Mysterio for sure. So just sort of go back to your training. Um, when did you kind of first make your like wrestling debut? So um, the wrestling scene in Singapore and in Southeast Asia actually started seven years ago. So technically, my company has been around like a little bit uh, prior to me joining. So I started training in January of 2013. And we actually had our first official show from my promotion in August of 2013. I can't remember the exact date. So that was a really big thing for us when we had our first official show. And um, in your sort of first matches, obviously there was no other girls in Singapore wrestling. Like, were you wrestling guys? I wrestled in a four-way match with um, three guys. And it was for like something called the Junior Breakthrough Cup. So I still have that little trophy up amongst my parents' trophies. <laughs> so I was so nervous. I wanted to back out. But they were like, no, you can't. You're the only girl. You have to get out there and do this match. 
Because I was like really afraid on how people would react, especially like being the only girl in that match or in that show. I think we had about 150 people then. And then how, how did you sort of feel afterwards? I was glad it was over. Because <laughs> <laughs> I actually did like this um, top rope cross body and I almost lost my balance. <laughs> <laughs> in front of like my uncle, my cousin. <laughs> that would be like the worst. <laughs> yeah. Like you just sent, like climbing up the top rope and like standing and wobbling and then like next thing you just fall out of the ring. Yeah. The sickest bump. <laughs> I, kind of, I actually like, in, in like one of my first sort of matches, like I was doing that typical kind of thing where you just try and do stuff that you can't really do and you've never really practiced. So I was like, oh, I, I was just, I, I was like, yeah, I can definitely do a moonsault to the outside onto a bunch of people. And obviously, like, I'd never done it before and I just fucking stacked it and just, like, it's one of those ones where you, like, do it and you just splat on the floor and everyone just stood there with, like, the hands out waiting to catch you, but you just missed. So it's so embarrassing. And then you just, like, you just, like, get up and sort of hobble off trying to style it out. Like, yeah, <laughs> so badass. It <laughs> sounds so painful. Yeah, I don't know. But I was, like, I mean, I, when I started, I was, like, 17. And, like, when you're that young, you just kind of bounce. So it's <laughs> I get that. So um, just going back to like the wrestling scene in kind of Southeast Asia, really, um, the Singapore is just essentially just like a city. So it's pretty small. Yeah. Is there just one promotion? It's actually been one promotion for the longest time. Then a couple of years back, uh, some of our guys kind of defected in a way and started their own promotion, which doesn't really have a wrestling ring. They just use like mats. So it's like mat wrestling, but with pro wrestling it's a nice combination but it's it's like really different still and how often um do you get to wrestle in singapore we used to do shows about every three to four months now we try to have it every two months really depends on um our budget also and like how, how many people can get down because we do like to bring in international talent at the same time especially for me i love that a lot <laughs> being the only girl wrestling in singapore the only sort of female wrestler in singapore but how long was it before you were able to, to wrestle other girls? Uh, I didn't actually have a girl join us till like I was about my third or fourth year in wrestling. And the sad thing is none of them really lasted that long. So I actually, when I started wrestling, I had two matches with guys. Then I went to Korea for my internship. So I was out of Singapore for like six months. And after that, when the guys had shows, they didn't really invite any females for me too. So I had like only a couple matches for the first four years, like just a handful of matches. They have invited like um, Amy Sakura, Savannah Summers, uh, Riho, and yeah, like Hiroyo Matsumoto. So it's like Japanese and Australia because we're like closer. Obviously, there aren't many uh, female wrestlers in Singapore itself. Uh, do you tend to travel to other promotions in um, other parts of Southeast Asia? Yeah, uh, we do travel around the region. So, so far amongst the region, I've wrestled in pretty much all the Southeast Asian countries that has pro wrestling, except for Vietnam, because it kind of went defunct. I've worked in all three promotions in Philippines, in Malaysia, Thailand. Yeah, I think these are the only three countries outside of Singapore that has pro wrestling and Vietnam. But I haven't worked that yet. Yeah, it's like we don't really have a lot of shows around Southeast Asia either, which kind of sucks. <laughs> so I'm always constantly trying to kind of like work part-time jobs to save up and travel to also kind of get experience. 
And what's kind of like the standard of the shows? For Singapore Pro Wrestling, we do have like, usually we bring down about like maybe three internationals, depending. And our shows draw between 400 to 600 people. Our biggest show was when we had, I think, Pete Dunne and Kenny Omega, that was like huge ones. It was like insane. In Malaysia, I would say about 100, 150. And yeah, that's about the same number for Thailand also. It's not so bad, but I guess like our social media reach could have been a little bit better because not a lot of people do know about us. Because like in, pro- in Singapore, it's, like it's not that big thing since the 90s, I guess. It's not really on TV, so. Okay, cool. Do you have some sort of favourite opponents and favourite matches that you've had? One of my favourite matches was with Hiroyo Matsumoto. That was actually the first time I did the skeleton face paint because it was in October. That match was special to me in that sense because my parents was there for the first and only time to watch me wrestle. Yeah, so that kind of helped them to understand why I like the wrestling so much, why I've been doing wrestling for like three to four years by that point. But my parents do, do understand, like, they kind of see how the fans react and they kind of like understand why I liked what I was doing. But I think one of my best opponents would be Crystal from Philippines. So far, we've wrestled nine times. We've wrestled in Singapore, Philippines, China, India. Yeah, these four countries. So you mentioned like the face paint there, actually. Like, how did you sort of come up with the, the face paint idea? And is there a story behind it? I, I wanted to do something with like my character because I, I wasn't given any storylines. I wanted to kind of do something that would stand out from the rest also. So I was thinking like a face paint and I'm like a huge Gaga fan. So back then it was like the Bondi's Way era where she was like, you know, the whole skeleton look for Bondi's Way. And also because like I've been underweight pretty much my whole life and everyone like really hates it. They're like saying you're so skinny, I could see your bones and all that stuff. So I was like, you know, let me add both together and face paint. <laughs> is the face paint, do you always do it as a heel or do you do it when you're like a baby face and that kind of thing as well? Do you have two different kind of characters in a way? I'm trying to kind of separate the skeleton vibe with the normal Alexis vibe. Originally, I wanted to kind of like wrestle in the skeleton face paint, but then my promotion doesn't really want me to do the face paint and I got really upset about it. But now I really want to kind of separate both, like including like a different kind of moveset for each. It's a headache <laughs> when you think of movesets for, for different characters. But I was thinking like the skeleton kind of vibe to kind of be like Bray Wyatt's outer ego. Like that was originally the idea and then the thing happened and I was like, fuck, I'm not sure if I can do this now. <laughs> And um, in terms of like being heel or babyface, do you have a kind of preference? Do you find one of them more fun than the other? Definitely heel. <laughs> I can shout at the fence and everything and steal their beer. It's awesome. And I don't get beat down, so it's fine. It's definitely like way more fun, I think. There's so much potential. So you were, um, yeah, as I mentioned at the start, you were, you were due to make a falling star wrestling debut in April. And that was part of like a, a larger European tour, right? I was about to spend like about two months in UK, so trying to squeeze in as much bookings as I can. This was going to be kind of like my first wrestling tour because I've been so busy with school and all that when I debuted that whenever I could wrestle, I did. But I've never actually done a 
tour. Like I've been overseas for all that time to kind of like wrestle so much. So it was like a big thing for me to kind of plan everything out. I was going to wrestle nine shows in about what, eight, nine weeks or something like that. So it was pretty much like every weekend I'd have a match, which was going to be so fun. And then COVID happened and I'm stuck in Singapore. <laughs> yeah, it's such a shame. Did you sort of kind of follow the, the British scene much at all? Do you know sort of many of the, the female wrestlers here and the kind of promotions and that kind of thing? I've been to Pro Wrestling Eve last November when I was in France to visit my ex. Well, we were together then. Now we're ex. So we, we did like a short trip to London and like we went to Eve for the She One. And that's when I met kind of a few wrestlers. I kind of like watched them. And I really like loved the way like everyone was doing the things and the fans in direction. I actually saw Mercedes Blaze wrestle then. She did a match with Mercedes Martinez. It was so funny. Just because like both Mercedes were like just doing their whole back and forth with the name. Like it's it's something that's a lot different from the scene in Southeast Asia. And I really, really enjoyed it. Seriously, like the UK fans and stuff, it's like really, really cool. It's that like everyone's like much rowdier, which is nice. Our fans are kind of like full sale fans where they just chant for random shit. Well they just kinda of like chant what they think they should be chanting. Yeah. And you mentioned um, you had a WWE tryout. We had the scouts in one of our shows last year. I think it was March. They came down to Singapore and I had a triple threat match with Crystal and Riho, which the scouts watched it and really liked it. And they invited Crystal and I with some of the Singapore guys down for the China tryout like about two months later. So the the tryout was quite interesting because it was like a Four days trip and there was only 10 out of 44 of the, the people that were invited only 10 were from Southeast Asia three from Philippines three from about well, three plus one manager from Thailand and three from Singapore so uh, yeah we did a lot of workouts it was two four-hour sessions each day and on the last day we had like media like we had the fans come in to kind of watch the training. And before all that, we had like matches, which was really fun, but it was super tiring because the non-wrestlers, which was a lot of the Chinese people that they invited, over 20 of the people that they invited from China who were not wrestlers at all. They had no idea what pro wrestling was. They have never really watched the product, which kind of sucked. Mm. Right, so were they just kind of like, celebrities or just like they did sports yeah sports people like yeah. one of them did crossfit i know someone did like volleyball she was really tall but it was it was interesting because i could speak to them in chinese and it was kind of nice where they understood english at the same time so being singaporeans we do speak like a mixture of different languages like chinese and english in the same sentence so it was easier to converse with them at the same time besides like there's always Asians, like the ones from Singapore, we could easily talk to everyone that was there. So that, that was kind of good for us, I guess. Who, who was kind of like the coaches leading the sessions? Uh, Serena Depp was there with um, Matt Bloom, Rena Gonzalez, Kona Reeves, and the three China recruits. Do you know if anyone got signed from those trials at all? I do, but we're not allowed to say. Oh, shit. Okay, well, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And um, it was really obvious the way they like kind of pick people 
Right, it's like right. They didn't really say it, but it's super obvious. Yeah, like, right, right. <laughs> it, was like, it sounds like a great experience, though. It was interesting because uh, we worked out really hard for it. And like my promotion guys, we do drink quite a bit. We kind of party quite often. <laughs> uh, to kind of prepare us for that, we actually decided to not drink for like a month. When we found out the news to like the tryouts, we did not drink at all. On the last day of the tryout, we were like, fuck it, let's drink. And we parted <laughs> with the China guys. It was really fun. We drank so much. But the trials were really cool. Like the, the wrestlers had to do a match. So it was like a five minutes match to kind of showcase your character. And there was only three female wrestlers. And I was really fortunate that they picked me to do two singles matches with the two girls. So I had kind of more time to showcase what I could do. Even though it was stressful as fuck. <laughs> so on the third day after all the training, Matt Bloom kind of put me aside and was like, hey, like Alexis, like I gotta like ask you, like, can you do two matches for tomorrow? And I was like, are you sure? Like, sure, fuck yes. Thank you. And so at the end of the training, we kind of had like the whole face-off thing, like MMA, UFC, they kind of do that for the press conference. So WWE kind of did that mini version where they were kind of like, okay, match one. Alexis versus Gypsy, then we had to like go up and kind of take those press conference photos, yeah, <laughs> and all that stuff. It was really cool. Cool. Um, so away from wrestling and uh, just talking about kind of life in Singapore itself, um, Singapore is still quite a conservative country in some ways. Is that right? It is. It's in some ways we are kind of blending in with the the times but at the same time we are like really behind times like it's still illegal for lgbt in singapore especially like for for gay guys it's actually an actual law that you can be prosecuted for being in a gay relationship it's 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 weird yeah in terms of yourself though like you're part of the lgbt community is that something that you bring into your wrestling at all? Not really that much, but it was it was really nice when I was like happy in my relationship. Oh. <laughs> and actually, <laughs> no, but it was like actually the first. Uh, well, she was my first girlfriend, so it was it was a big deal when I kind of went public with the relationship, and like I didn't really hear much about like people being upset over it. I just got like quite a bit of support from some of the fans. I mean, I, I did hear about some people being upset that I was in a relationship with a girl after, but it didn't really bother me. And it was really nice when I interacted with some fans and they were like, you know, it's really cool that you're so open with it. Because in a country where it's like still illegal and you can get maybe jailed in some of the other surrounding neighboring countries. Like, because of how conservative the whole of Asia is, and like, to kind of be one of the first few people to be public and proud of the fact that I'm not really straight. It was, it was good. It was nice. It was scary as fuck because of my parents, yeah. especially. But it's, it's, it's nice. They care, even though it's different. But it, it was really nice to kind of like see that, you know, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's better to be who you truly can be instead of just like going out and pretending to be someone else. I mean, that's kind of like why I had my tattoo in Korean, which means be true to yourself. So yeah, it kind of like ties everything. Yeah. You got to get a new tattoo though. 
Is that, is that like the first on your list when you get out of lockdown? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, right. So um, recently we had the kind of tragic news of about um, young Japanese wrestler uh, Hannah Kimura, who unfortunately um, took her own life after some internet bullying and internet trolling. She was actually someone that you had the opportunity to spend some time with and um, actually wrestle in Taiwan. Uh, is that something you wanted to talk about? It was a really emotional day because it just broke me down because it was, it's like a news that you never expected, especially from someone who's ever so happy. Like I remember our short time in Taiwan, like I only met her for two days, but the first time I met her, we just bonded as though we knew each other for so long, which was so weird. And it was fun because like, we were about the same age. I'm a little bit older than her. But like she was like telling me all this stuff. Like, I was asking her about her family and all that. And she was like really proud of everyone and everything. She's so happy. She loved animals. We actually saw an animal in a shop behind a glass window. And she just suddenly like just squatted down and be like, playing with, with the kitty through the shop window. So that kind of showed you like what kind of person she is. Like she's ever so happy. She just cares about everyone around her. But it was like we, we got so close so fast. So that trip meant a lot to me. And like Kimura just took such good care of me. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of funny when like pro wrestling gives you like additional family members. Yeah. Because you sure. kind of like clicking with people. Yeah, there's some people, yeah, there's like, I, I don't know if it's something to do with like the physicality of wrestling and the fact that you're like going through something that's actually, you know, quite physically taxing and straining and you have to work as a team, but there's something, there's definitely like a an unusual bond with like wrestlers. It's like, if you have a good match with someone, then you're kind of like friends oh, for life. Oh, it's so awesome. She, she was just awesome. So... To hear this news and then to actually find out a little bit more over this, like what happened over the course of the next few days because there was more news that released about the what happened. It just pissed me off with how crude people can be. It's insane. Like people, people just don't think. Like some people just don't think about what they say and they just type down all these hateful comments thinking, you know, it's all in good fun or... I just need a way to kind of put out all my negative emotions. That is so fucked up. Is it something that you've experienced? Any kind of like internet trolls or anything like that at all? Oh, yeah. I can kind of imagine it's harder for girls. I, I think girls probably get it worse than guys. I would think so too. We actually did this video a couple years back uh, in SPW. Like it was only on our Facebook. Only on our Facebook page. We have like Twitter, we have YouTube. But it's only posted on our Facebook page and we even put like a disclaimer at the front of it saying like you know these are done by trained professionals it was kind of like our take on you remember this video where this guy did like wrestling moves on his girlfriend into the swimming pool uh yeah I the think I, that, yeah I think I got Brock Lesnar yeah yeah so so we did our version of it and we got so much hateful comments it was targeted towards the guys it was targeted towards me it was it was insane to the point that we actually had the news outlet actually contact my boss and kind of like ask him like, what the hell is going on and all this stuff. So that that was one of the big things that I think happened. There was so much hate. 
but yeah, like, because of, I think the culture, especially in Asia, like the hate is, I don't know why it's so hateful, but as long as you don't kind of fit in with like the traditions and all that shit, like there's tend to be people that is going to like call you up for something. <sighs> yeah. It's so fucking, yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah. It's been a rough like week, I guess, for the wrestling community. Or as humans in general. Yeah. It's been rough. It's been, I mean, yeah, it's been, it's definitely been like a weird little period. Yeah. So just uh, finishing on something slightly more positive, what are your hopes and kind of plans for wrestling in the future? I did kind of put in plan about a month in to train in Japan because I've been contacted by Marvelous a couple of times to kind of like go down for training when I can. And I've been super afraid of doing that just because of like my parents being against wrestling and like doubting my own skills. But I guess COVID kind of helped to be like, you know, fuck it. I have no time to waste. I should just do it. And also to kind of like meet up with my friends in Japan or I can at the same time. So it'll be a nice thing to do um, once this COVID is over. If UK's borders open up and like, I guess if the whole world's borders like kind of open up, I definitely want to go back to the UK do a better plan tour where I could probably wrestle more than what I had planned. Fingers crossed for that. And yeah, I've been asked to kind of go over to America for some of my friends' promotions and stuff. Well, if you, if you kind of make it to the UK, it'd be amazing to have you in Falling Star at some point. That'll like, happen soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After COVID. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see you in, in Singapore too. you got to try a whole bunch of shit too. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, enjoy like the rest of your evening anyway. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Bye. All right, there we have it, ladies and gents. A bit of international flair here on the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. I just want to say a massive thanks to the Lion City hit girl, Alexis Lee, for joining us on today's special bonus episode of the FSW Podcast. And of course, thank you to Dark Wolf, Matt Walters, for setting up the call and asking the important questions. Now, if you want to know more about Alexis Lee, you can find her on Facebook and Instagram. It's at alexis.lee26 on Facebook and at Alexis underscore friggin underscore Lee on Instagram. Our very own Dark Wolf is on the Facebook and Instagram too. You can find him at Matt Walters Fighting on Facebook at Dark Wolf Fights on Instagram. And of course, while you're there, while you're on the IG and the Facebook, make sure you find Falling Star Wrestling. It's at Falling Star Wrestling. Nice and simple. The star's got two R's, remember? Just to complicate things. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to our bonus special edition of the Falling Star Wrestling podcast. If you haven't found us on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you do. It's the Falling Star Wrestling podcast and subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the top ones. So if you subscribe, you'll be able to find out when the next episode is going to drop. So I'll just leave it there. And just to say thank you so much to Matt for taking the reins on this one. And of course, thank you to our guest today, Alexis Lee, all the way from Singapore. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time for another episode of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. See you later.